0: At the age of 19, he got his start making feature films with his first movie, Homesick, and now he's made Hollywood's Hollywood's biggest box office success of the year so far. And as a filmmaker myself, I hate him for it. (laughs) Just kidding. Not really. Adam Wingard movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Attention
1: planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer podcast.
0: What's happening, my attackies? Ah, from the sounds of apparently lawnmowers, birds singing, and choppers in the air, it is springtime here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, and it is I, your host, Insane Mike. This is episode 234, and we're going to talk about the films of Annam Wingard. I hope I'm saying that right. It like you put a G in there. Wing.
2: Win there's a g in it yeah but <laughs> he's but, gonna be so pissed you put it on the okay
0: <laughs> it's wingard right oh yeah that's it Name we're it. we're gonna discuss films throughout his entire career so gonna some something from the beginning middle and where, where he's at currently Attack of the Killer podcast started out as our monthly pampered fesh- pampered chef party, but quickly turned into open discussions about horror movies within a certain topic. This week's topic just happens to be the films and career of Adam Wingard. Uh, we speak openly and freely as a group of friends often do. So there's probably going to be spoilers. So just be warned. Now, Attack of the Killer podcast is possible thanks to the supporters of our show. Now, we call those supporters the Attackers. Attackers are special fans of the show that help out through Patreon. And as a thank you, Attackers get all kinds of amazing benefits and extra stuff and crap. (laughs) Becoming an Attacker, you can get any or all of the following. An official certificate and membership card. You get special shout-outs on the show, bonus episodes, so you can get Attack of the Killer podcast once a week. You could also get any of our video series, video updates, killer critiques, Insane Mike's 1-Minute Top 10 lists, and there's other things as well. You can get a copy of Mikey's Monsters, which is a portrait I draw of you of a monster of my choice. Uh, You can also even get your very own Attack of the Killer podcast t-shirt. You can get any of those perks by going to jointheattackers.com. There you can choose from the various tiers to get the bonus stuff you want. What are you waiting for? Go to jointheattackers.com and become an attacker today. I've put together a team, individuals of a certain set of skills, and I call them the podcast crew. His last girlfriend left him because he was pretending to be a Transformer all the time. When she was leaving, he said, No, wait. I can change. Jason, everybody. (laughs) Oh, hand appropriate. I love it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. He still has a VCR and was disappointed with the new porno tape he got in the mail. He put the tape in the VCR and there was nothing on the tape but static. The name on the tape was called Head Cleaner. Andy, everybody.
3: <laughs> hey everybody. I'm, I'm still trying to get it to work, though. But <laughs> I rewound it, respooled it, I got I got fucking nothing. So.
0: That's a bummer. <laughs> That's a bummer. I've, I've been listening to his first time podcast. I'm up to episode 38, and he must still be a virgin because I've yet to hear about his first time. Ted everybody! <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm not (laughs) sure I want to want to hear about that.
0: (laughs) That's what I've all. That's what all I want to hear about. And lastly, our very special guests, Jason and I had the privilege of of being on their show. So contractually, we decided to return the favor from the Lunch Break (laughs) Podcast, Landon and Joey. Hello, Thank thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, guys. It's so excited. We're so excited to have you here. Why don't you tell the listeners a bit about yourself and your podcast?
4: Oh, Landon, go for it. <laughs> okay, Joey, go ahead. Uh,
5: uh, lunch Break uh, is a podcast that we do. It started when Joey and I worked <laughs> together, uh, and we would just talk about whatever we wanted to on our lunch break. But. Uh, then we stopped working together, but we still do it because we're best friends. We've been best friends for years, haven't we, buddy, Joey? Oh,
1: uh, okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, uh, yes, we talk about whatever movies we've been watching. Uh-huh. You know, it's a podcast. I guess, you know, I'm just explaining what basically every pod, like 99% of podcasts <laughs> yeah, are. <right>. So Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we're no, we do this wacky. Really, we do this really original thing where we talk about our movies and we review <laughs> our lunch, and uh, and we do some crazy bits. And yes, uh, Jason and Mike were nice enough to join us, and uh, hopefully uh, they're okay,
0: fully <laughs> <laughs> recovered. Yeah, we're, we're – well, I'm still recovering, but yeah. – <laughs> well, thank you for that. Now I'm, now I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one who can't describe what that show's about. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I do also want to point out that you had a very awesome public access show that I love called Colin Mockery. Oh, man. Oh. Um, well, now, thank you. Um, the- did you, you – so you mentioned – and I can't remember – if you mentioned it before recording or during recording or after recording, it all was one thing to me. Um, but did you say that, that PATV in Iowa City
4: is no more? It is no more. They have shuttered their doors. They told us there will not be a season three. We, I think we had something to do with it. Yeah. But uh, they sold all their equipment to someone else, wow. and uh, PATV is now a, a husk of its former self. Oh, that, that really that, makes me sad.
5: I think uh, just... To be completely clear, uh, it is just kind <laughs> of – I mean, there is still a, like, creative sort of community that has kind of reformed around what PATV once was called Public Space. Public Space One. One. But it is no
4: longer on TV.
5: Yes, it's, it's just not a public access. But they're, they are still doing creative uh, video and art stuff in Iowa City. Uh, so we didn't completely kill the, the whole scene, did we, Joey? <laughs> Uh, Sure, keep telling yourself
0: that (laughs) So then where can um, People see Colin Mockery Because the world needs to see this
4: (laughs) Uh, If you type in Colin Mockery on YouTube They did let us put it on our YouTube channel And YouTube will ask Did you mean Colin Mockery And they will spell it (laughs) As the the improv guy (laughs) And that's when we said Oh (laughs) shit, they're on to us Uh, But if you spell it out as three words You will get our little show that we had two seasons there's about i don't know 27 episodes of that so uh check it out and you'll say okay i get their podcast it's the same thing
0: yeah awesome yeah i recommend people checking out it's funny stuff thank you thanks thanks for watching absolutely (laughs) okay so when i'm recognized on the street i often get asked where do you see so many of these amazing movies you watch for the podcast well from shutter of course shutter not only a sponsor of attack of the killer podcast but also the horror streaming service to end all horror streaming services we love shutter there is something there for any horror fan Right now, just scrolling through, I've seen many great collections of silent films, Jalo movies, and even the films of Val Luton, which is awesome. Um, so much great stuff. Now's the time to get signed up, because right now we 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 are we have begun season three of Joe Bob's Last Drive-In, so definitely now is the time to get going. And if you're still not sure, you can check out a month of Shudder for free, thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. We're going to give you a month for free on us. We're just going to take it out of Andy's pay. If you enter the promo code AOTKP, you can get a full free month of Shudder. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Now, speaking of Shudder, I'm sure we will be bringing it up a time or two um, on this week's What We Watched with Tad.
1: Well, I know I've watched a lot of shit on Shutter. I mean, um, s- great films on Shudder recently. But um, I'm gonna give everyone else a chance first. Andy, what have you watched?
3: Um, I just like to touch on on four films. I mean, I finally watched Bill and Ted Face the Music. Love it. Yay. I mean, yes. Um, no, really, no point in really, you know, going into it, you know, because we've we've talked about it a bunch. I mean, I saw. Uh, did you guys, has any of you guys seen Becky yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. That movie's great. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I enjoyed it. Um, for, for what it was. I mean, uh, the, the MacGuffin being, you know, the key and whatnot, I'm still kind of curious as to where the hell that key goes to. It's definitely
1: um, the uh, best Paul Blart sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I
3: mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, he's definitely very, very, uh, dark in that, um, Another one that I that I liked uh that the wife and I watched uh and I have heard Tad talk about this uh I don't know if any other uh you other guys have seen it was have you guys seen The Art of Self Defense? Yes. yes. Oh man, I First of all I thought it was hilarious but it just got so unpredictably dark at mm-hmm. in some <laughs> points it was just like man this is uh but it's it's still like really hilarious. I really I really enjoyed that, and um, I also watched Mortal Kombat this weekend. Did you guys catch it? Did not. Yep. Um. Not uh, I liked some parts, but I I've got some complaints. I mean, it's uh, they talk about it the, all this tournament and all this and that. You know, it's just like there's no freaking tournament. I mean, the tournament doesn't even fucking happen. it's you know it's all it's all them it's just like it's training montages and like you know uh, them getting their their aura or whatever the hell and uh, I mean some of the some of the 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 gore and the kill scenes are are really good you know the you know the flawless victory a flawless victory or whatever the hell it is they like to say um but it's (sighs) i it's i've got problems with it i i mean it's they do they do touch on the uh the sub-zero and the scorpion story they they pretty much hit that like really really good but i mean it's just like they they keep talking about this tournament and there's no tournament Uh, you've always been pro tournament
1: like a blood sport without the yeah um, it yeah
3: it's just like, well, you're cheating. Well, well everybody ends up cheating and it's just like and the tournament doesn't even happen. It's just like okay, why even talk about having this this fight for this realm when you're not even fighting for the realm, you're just beating the shit out of each other. It's just it's eh. fun. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's it's gory as hell. It was, it was a good time, but uh it's just like storyline-wise it just didn't make any sense. It's just but yeah, that's that's what I watched, and I just, I got a problem, you know, with Mortal Kombat. I mean, it's got its good points, but it's just like, it's, make a little bit more sense, please.
1: I I went into it knowing that it's Mortal Kombat, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy this uh, because I'm not 12 anymore, so uh, yeah, and it still didn't live up to that expectation, but um I, I'm actually hopefully recording a podcast this week with somebody who has much more insight on the topic than I do, because the last time I played it, I was in my friend's basement in 1992 on a Sega Genesis. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, let's shoot it over That's, to Jason. What have you watched? I well, do uh, have
3: to, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you go, Jason. But I am, I like I said before, I am pissed off. Raiden did not fly across the street, screen and say Santa Monica because that's where he's from, you know. Remember when he did that? <laughs> Santa Monica! It's that's California.
1: Okay, Jason, what if you watch? <laughs> I well, Friday
2: night, on Shudder, of course, watched Woo! audition in Class of 1984.
0: Hey, Joe Bob!
2: Joe Bob killing it as always. Um we've all seen those movies cuz they're heard of amazing them. movies.
0: <laughs> you never heard of him? I um It had been forever since I've seen Audition, so it was cool getting to rewatch that. I had forgotten a
2: lot about it. Joe Bob made it so much better. Well, yeah, I I liked
1: his theories. I mean, it was
2: great. I mean, I always loved the movie, but his insight was so...
1: Did did you guys notice that it was clear they switched the two movies around after taping? Because he sort of like... acted like Audition was the second movie and they usually Uh do the subtitle one, but so many fans have been complaining that they should put subtitles first because they get drunker as the night goes on. (laughs) uh, That they switched them around.
2: Yeah, as soon as I saw it was Audition first, I was like, smart. Good move, finally. Yep. I don't fall asleep It's bad. Yep, so those are great and those are awesome. I finally finished up uh, The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, Yeah.
0: Great show.
1: I finally finished it. I haven't even started it. What? Oh, I'm on,
2: ahead
0: man. of Tad. I have Isn't only one like episode to go.
2: Six episodes? Come on, man. Come on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Great writing, great action. It's fun. I love it. Uh, and then I always talk about Tina and I watching tons of uh, stand up comedy. I just think it was on Paramount Plus. We were flipping around, they got a bunch of stand up stuff on there. And I found uh, it's one of my favorite uh, comedians of today, Nate Bargatze. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's got a couple mm-hmm, specials sure. on Netflix. But um, they had this old one of him um, from 2015. The show was called Full-Time Magic. And he's, like, um, young, like a baby, and still kind of chubby. And, oh, my God, it was awesome. But, um, yeah, totally recommend Checking out Nate Bargatze, he's just one of the funniest comedians going today. I love him a lot. That's what I watched.
1: Yeah, I mean, we all know that. Like if, when people are more chubby, they're funnier, and as they lose weight, they lose. Oh yeah, their, everybody knows know. that. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Yes. That's why Let's Mike keeps getting over. funnier
2: and funnier.
1: Let's oh. kick it over to Insane oh. Mike. Oh. watched. ow! ow. Oh, hickory, hickory, oh. dock. <laughs>
0: Well, I watched my foot go up Jason's ass right now. Oh! <laughs> Just took all the thunder out of, oh, out of no, my what my, my watch no, selection. Sorry, oh. no, nah, it's okay. I'm actually pretty excited about what I have to talk about for what we watched. Um, well, time because I watched some stuff that is for me, totally for me. Um, Well, first of all, um, on an emotional side, I'm not going to get into the movies because we've talked about them all the time and I've seen them way too many times. But there's the significance of these last viewings of it, Chapter One and Chapter Two, Yay! is that I watch these movies with my
1: son. Yay, he's finally your teenage in. son now. Yeah,
0: my now 13 oh. year old oh,
2: teenage my. son, yeah. who's legendary, but, been afraid of horror movies like you were when you were a kid.
0: Oh yeah, I don't know if I ever told you this, Tad, but when we came, I drag you know I dragged him along to. Uh, Wolfman's got nards with, uh, you know, and then Monster Squad afterwards. And mm-hmm. he hid behind, because I had shown him Monster Squad before, and he he was okay with it up until when, like, the, it, the best scene of the whole movie, you know, right? When, like, Wolfman jumps out and they kick him in the nards, and Wolfman's got nards and all that. When the Wolfman jumps out, he got so scared, I, I couldn't even, like... Calm him down to be like you got to listen to this next, next line. line? That's the that, it makes it all worth it. Wolfman's got nards. You don't understand. <laughs> anyway, so when we watched it in Burlington, he like hid behind <laughs> his seat the whole time playing playing a video game on his like 3ds or something. So, but now like he's just cool as a cucumber. He was okay with all of it and had a blast. You loved him, and which is crazy because um, his two. Big fears is like clowns and spiders, and he was perfectly fine with it. So I'm so excited, and uh, he loved them and enjoyed them. And at his birthday party, I oh, asked him. So I good. said, "Hey, would you think of it?" in it chapter two. He's like,
2: "Wasn't even scary," <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in an even deeper voice, it was weird. <laughs> Wasn't even scary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, highlight of it, finally 13 years, and I and I can sit down and watch horror movies with my son. It's a Yay. dream come true.
1: Show him something with boobs in it, and he will be locked in.
0: Lock it in now, Mike. <laughs> no, we're gonna hold off on on those for a while.
1: I was gonna, I was trying to think. When I was thirteen, that's probably what got me in the horror. So, <laughs> absolutely,
0: I couldn't agree more. And yep. actually. Like what was what movie that's was it that kept though? me interested in horror? I can't remember what movie Brandy brought up, and and I was like, no, we can't watch that one yet. It's got boobs in it. And he's like, it's like, come on, you were watching movies, Just not with your dad, the, exactly. That's what I said. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, hey, I'm not with my dad, no way in hell. <laughs> you know, you want of, laying out for him. Or you something. want me to never look at boobs again? Watch a movie with my watch a boob movie with my dad. Forget about it. So. Um, anyway, so that's that. I just wanted to get, get that out of the way. Now I'll talk about <laughs> the movies that uh, uh, were first-time watches for me. Um, finally, finally, on Hulu has the Alex Winter documentary Zappa. Ah, okay. oh, man. And I loved every second of it. It was 100% of everything I was hoping for and wanted it to be and you know it's just so great i mean i'm a big frank zappa fan i'm also an alex winter fan so what was it how long ago was it like four or five years ago when we first saw that that patreon video that alex winter made about him making this documentary and you can support the movie and all that and then never hearing anything about it and then just this past year during covid was the big press release for it and the theatrical run and whatnot and you know, and just waiting for it to stream somewhere for free. And finally Hulu picked it up. So, oh, and it's just so great. And, you know, just the idea of all this footage that has just never seen the light of day. And, and it was all remastered beautifully. I mean, it looked like, some of the stuff looked like it was shot for the documentary, knowing that Frank Zapp has been dead for, you know, you know, 20-some years, if not longer. I can't do math. Didn't he play uh, a bicycle sp- spoke?
1: Yeah, At on the point,
0: uh, what was it on um, Steve it Allen? Sol- on, oh. it Ed, I can't remember. if it Was Ed Sullivan or Steve Allen's show? He played, he uh, he played a a, a bicycle wheel um, uh, as an instrument. But uh, and they nice. didn't cover that because that's kind of like a a big famous thing. He Alex Winter really tried to cover things that you don't you don't hear about over and over and over again in other docs and whatnot. About I can just see happening. on
2: the edge of your seat with your mouth open, just like, just, Oh my God. No, I, I just love you. the
0: fact that he named his kid Dweezel. Oh, all of his <laughs> kids. There's Moon, Moon It's the oldest Then Dweezel, then Amit and uh diva is the, is the, the youngest one. And
3: Dweezel was in the running man.
0: Yes, he was. He was in the running man. Um, with- he's done a few movies. Um, you can see him barely in um, Demolition Man. He's in that too, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what else. The Moon Unit's done some films too, but you're gonna um, have to watch this a few more times just to
2: catch everything because you're freaking yeah. out. Somewhere.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's all blurred now. Trying to remember it. <laughs> trying to remember it. But just, oh, uh, just I would love to have just been there with Alex, going through the vault. I mean, there's there. He was there. They showed some shots of the vault walls and stuff, and there's tapes there of. Of mm-hmm. Zappa jamming with Hendrix, and you know oh, wow. Zappa performing with John Lennon, and you're like, oh my god! And they did show actually a little bit of the John Lennon, John Lennon and Yoko Ono performing with Zappa on stage, which was incredible. But and, and, and it, you know and it covers like the you know the time when he made Valley Girl, which is the closest thing he ever had to a hit, which basically was just his daughter's cry for attention. <laughs> the whole reason that song got made. Um, and everything from like, uh, uh, the, the whole, you know, fighting the PMRC and, uh, and it's, it's just a great doc. If you have any interest in Zappa at all, you should definitely check it out. And what's, just, what's the, what's it called? Just called Zappa. Oh, Zappa. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, um, it got me also to appreciate the music even more. Um, you know, he, he may come off a little bit, kind of like a, uh, a dick in it. Cause you know, basically, treated most of his musicians as tools instruments, uh, for to perform his music. But it's just bull. I, I always think of it like, you know, and, and of course he was just pretty estranged from his family at times and whatnot, always on the road and everything. But I always chalked it up as like one, he's an uber perfectionist. Um, <clears throat> and two, just, uh, a total lack of, um, I don't always say social skills, but, uh, uh, just you know just hard a, genius hard, hard, mind. Time, hard 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 time connecting with people on an emotional level i think it down to but great doc and then i also watched psycho gorman finally yahoo yay yeah you this love is it? i love it <laughs> every minute of it the the main girl almost crosses the line for me i know it crossed a line for a lot of people who have seen this movie it almost crossed the line for me of being too annoying i think I think she was maybe too much for Brandy, um, but I, I I I chalked it up as like she's this way because that's the point of the whole movie, like it really and like the father character was I was really starting He's to great <laughs> I was really starting to like really really hate him until that moment when he gives in the third act there where he gives the the uplifting speech about climbing into a van. <laughs> climbing into a van to, when he was a kid to see some guy's baseball card collection and him saying it was the best time of his life, basically telling his son that, you know, you should just always climb into vans with strangers kind of thing. And <laughs> it's like this sums up the whole point of this movie. And I thought it—I thought mm-hmm. that moment was hysterical. It was the best moment of the dad. And, oh, the, cre- the gore was amazing and the creature designs were so much fun. Just in awe, I could just watch, I, you know, those <laughs> scenes around the table of the cons, uh, the alien council was never boring because I just was constantly just looking at them. the The skullhead guy in the in the glass jar robot suit was my favorite. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I can't wait wait to watch it fifty more times.
3: It's it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on LSD is basically what you're watching. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, and then I'll just also just mention real quick, uh Brandy and I started watching um Creep Show season two. So we've only gotten nice. through th- yes, we've only gotten through the first couple episodes, but I gotta tell you that I feel like this season started off with a bang. I freaking loved that first episode. Um, you know, the kid with the model kid. The kits. vampire kid, yeah. 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 I thought that was a great story, and it was very reminiscent of the wraparound story in the original Creepshow show movie. Where the kid, you know, the kid's father was a dick, and he ended up getting the voodoo doll and all that stuff. As a matter of fact, the kid's name in this one, the model kit one, um, his name, the character's name is Joe, and in the original movie with the wraparound was played by um, was played by Joe King, uh, Stephen King's son. So I, I feel like that was a nod, nice. and you know, I've... it could be a stretch, but I don't know because there are so many goddamn. Like, de- hidden details for f- horror nerds in these, in these episodes. Tip of the caps. Oh, big time. That, that segment alone, the model kit one, the fluffy head, the creature from the crate, the, the mask of the head is on the kid's nightstand. Fluffy is on the nightstand of the kid's bedroom. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, like, you know, all the other cool stuff in the kid's room. But the second story... It was freaking awesome. Basically Evil Dead versus Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Yeah. yeah.
1: Did, did, did you <laughs> yeah. see some of the references in that? They had the uh Oh my god, so ter- many. Trilogy of Terror doll in the background.
0: <gasps> I yeah. missed that. I did miss that one. Oh wasn't wow. Wasn't John Wasn't John
3: Russo in that? The guy who helped like no, but Brandy right. and I
0: – that wasn't him, but Brandy and I were talking about it. The character's name was George, and he was like the director of the Bob Ross show. So I think right there, George was a reference. But you're right, though. The guy looked like John Russo. Yeah. John Russo is much older than, than that actor. Uh, yeah, that's why he's <clears> – <throat> But I feel like that was a hundred percent homage to John Russo. And okay. Me. And I pull up a picture of John Russo for Brandy, and I'm like, Do you think that, or am I just way out of line? She looks at John Russo's picture, and she's like, Nope, that is. They are totally doing John Russo from yeah. the mustache to the hair, even the clothes. Mm-hmm. It looked. It was very reminiscent of John Russo. Um, did you guys see Michael Myers's mask on the shelf in the background?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And then there was the owl from Clash of the Titans. Oh awesome. Yeah. Um my favorite Bebu or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. I can't remember. Um my favorite is that the first painting that the painter was was doing was of the Evil Dead cabin. Yeah. And I'm assuming everybody I saw it. I yeah I caught that. They even show a close up shot of, of another part of the painting and you see the 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 broken bridge.
1: Yeah, I was pretty surprised they got away with like getting that close to Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is this is just an Ash vs. Evil Dead episode without Ash. It just have a different Raimi in it.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I want to. Technically, believe, they have Henrietta in there. You know? yep,
1: uh, yeah,
0: exactly. The puppet's name was Henrietta. Even. Um, I want to believe this is all the same universe, and I want to see. Um, uh, I wanna I'm see just happy to get yeah. an kind of Evil Dead story. Yeah. Any kind of Evil Dead story, I'm good for, dude. I want to give, um, I'll say one last thing about it, and then I'm out. Um, I want to give Brandy um, major credits for this for this catch. So at one point, I think, it, yeah, it was in the first story, in the model kit one. Uh, the stepdad, de- well, the uncle, I guess, uh, played by Kevin Dillon. He opens the refrigerator, and then the back of the refrigerator is a freaking carton of milk with a...
1: The Lost Boys. Yeah. Yeah, last, you, you yeah. caught it too? Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, she's like, I think that's from the Lost Boys. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then she <laughs> finds and pulls up the exact picture from the Lost Boys, and it's the same kid. It's the exact same milk carton from Lost oh. Boys. Yeah,
1: it's uh, Star's kid. I forget his name, but the little yeah. boy.
0: Connect all the universes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's
1: really cool. This show's full, Attack full of... Attack of, of Eddie Munster. Yeah, if
0: yeah, even if some of the stories don't always connect, it's just always fun to just to sit there and see... All the nods to to horror and it. it's made by fans. Yep, absolutely. Anyway, well, that's what I watched.
1: All right, we'll kick it over to Landon. What have you watched recently?
0: Um,
4: ah,
5: I watched New Mutants.
1: You I guys hear saying, about Whoa. this? Oh, <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I'm excited to see yeah, it. You good. pulled it out from under the rug that they swept it under.
5: <laughs> yeah, I said, you know what? I'm going to dust this baby off and give it give it its time in the sun and. uh <laughs> it it should have just stayed scrapped oh, i'm yeah, sorry dang. i'm a, i i even give credit to the other x uh, uh films i like dark phoenix i like apocalypse yeah. i know i'm a am not in the majority here but sometimes a movie is just bad uh there were <laughs> there was some f- fun stuff it's kind of like the uh the horror take on the mutant world or whatever um and there was It didn't go enough in any direction for it to be engaging. There wasn't. And, you know, it had this, uh, this problem that, what, what, uh... I'm trying to think of the other movie that I also just watched that had the same problem, but now I can't (laughs) think of it. Uh, Basically, the main character is not that uh, engaging, but everyone else around them is. So it's it's hard to follow or like care about the, the main story like that's a
2: casting aspect or a writing <laughs> kind of both. both. Yep.
5: I think like, the, I mean the actor is fine, but there's also like Anya Taylor joy and mm, uh Maisie yep. Williams and all uh, the dude from stranger things, but I can't remember his name, <laughs> but all, all these people that have like, that probably weren't as big at the time, but are now like rightfully so like big, big deals. Um, mm. So, you know, it's one of those and it's also like a beloved comic story that mm. uh is just given short shrift because they tried to do too much in in a thing. And uh it's too bad, but uh that's just the way it is, guys. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> I know you are really looking forward to this one and no uh I I hate to break it to you, but uh you know, it's it's worth seeing if, if you're a completionist like like me. But uh yeah. I don't know. I
1: was uh, say, hey, have you see anything else? Uh,
5: sure. I guess this is a good place to talk about this. Joey, close your <laughs> ears. Um, <laughs> now I've been talking about this a lot and Joey makes fun of me, but um, the series them on Amazon God, Prime.
4: <laughs> damn it.
5: <laughs> Anyone hear about this? No. Uh-uh.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard of it. It's, it, Looks like I mean a TV version of us, right? Everybody the
5: sequel does. to us. Whoa. Yeah, it's it it kind of got an, an initially bad rap and, for um, stealing the uh the font of us and like kind of
1: uh, the name.
5: imitating the Jordan <laughs> Peele, yeah, and That's the awesome name, name obviously, yeah. yeah. Um but it's actually very good and I would recommend anyone watch it. It's basically the story of a black family in the 50s uh moving from the deep South to California to try and they move into a white neighborhood and obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't turn out well for them. And, uh, it's also, you know, it's got a supernatural element that is cool. It's, but it's just, uh, it's very brutal in its depiction of racism and, uh, and I mean, mm-hmm. so, so some of the, the the creature and monster designs are uh, pretty cool. I I was I was uh, scared, and um, that's all you can really ask for, eh? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would recommend it. Um,
4: let's see. Yeah, that's all I care to talk about. Joey, I am going to watch that at some point. Um well, then I won't talk about something that I've talked about on our podcast at, at all, which is every waking second that I have free time, I've been watching the Sopranos. Oh. So, that's uh that's where a lot of my time has been diverted to catching up to six seasons of this show that came out 20 years ago and I was like, well, what is this little thing. Uh-huh. But uh I did I did I did also talk about this quickly on our show, but I watched the movie Altered States. Uh because I, I I had wanted to see it for a while, and this is kind of a spooky podcast to talk about it on, but uh, it was a lot weirder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, because Bob Balaban is in it now, uh, because it's just the, the the turn that the movie takes was not what I was expecting to happen, and it's just a very weird kind of I guess thriller. I don't know what to say. Psych, like, you know, it's kind of just like a like a psychological horror movie. Uh, but I I really don't know what else to say about it. It was just weird. It's just a weird film. Okay, are you happy? <laughs> uh, God, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, I brought this up on our last episode, but The Kid Detective, that's a fun movie. Um, I just watched <laughs> that. that. <laughs> it's about a guy who uh, used to be a kid detective, and a girl tries to get him to help solve her boyfriend's murder, and it gets very dark, and... And creepy. So check that out. Uh, Use our offer code, hashtag AbeVagoda. That'll get you 15% (laughs) off of Hulu for two seconds and uh, enjoy
5: that. This is the problem when our show is us talking about movies,
4: too. (laughs) People are going to be like, they're double dipping. It's like, calm down. (laughs) Catchphrase on
2: your show, calm down. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I thought you meant double dipping. I was yeah, like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hey, Tan, what have you been watching?
1: Oh, I finally finished up all of the Oscar nominees. Um, and all And I won't talk about those because uh, they're have. not um, a lot of interest to our listeners. Um, I, I guess The Midnight Sky was the closest, I would say, to... Um, what would be something our audience might watch. It's on Netflix with George Clooney, directed by George Clooney. I thought it was okay. Um, But I was stoked to watch Joe Bob the last two weeks. Uh, He had Eli Roth on, on the premiere, and that was great. I'm not a... I mean, I'm sort of split down the middle. I like Eli Roth's films, some of them um, almost ironically because they're so bad, they're fun to watch, like Green Inferno, but he's no one can deny his knowledge in horror and his passion for it. So mm-hmm. having him on there, I think he went over some new fans that sort of hated him going in. Um,
0: I've actually been seeing a lot of that uh, online yeah. of, of people's new love all of a sudden for Eli Roth. But, but it's, it's like, it's like double-sided because it's like a fan of Eli Roth, the man, but still not liking his movies or whatever. And I mean, I don't get it. I, I love his movies. I really do. Knock, knock is the only one I can't, I can't support, but other than that, uh, and and I don't like them ironically. I just think they're I think they're good movies. And but the but it does raise the question because I feel like this is the same argument you hear a lot with horror fans about Rob Zombie, who is also a big time horror fan and would be awesome just to sit in a room and talk movies with him about so where is there a disconnect of being like a fan and then Creating your own art.
1: Well, it's interesting because those two like came in the same era. They were sort of um, in that <laughs> splat pack group together, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and they are both very much products of. I mean, House of a Thousand Corpses is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Green Inferno is um, Cannibal Holocaust. You know, they're they're yeah. both essentially. Um, he's such big fans that they're recreating things they love from their childhood to a fault at some point where people hate it and i mean they're they're very polarizing down the middle but uh th- they did mention rob zombie on the second episode darcy was like i'd love to have rob zombie on here and the fans went nuts yeah. again and it's like there's just so much hatred for things <laughs> like there's yeah. god calm down people it's gonna be okay um people <laughs> yeah. just yeah. even bringing up audition people are like this isn't a horror movie and it has subtitles and just be happy we have Joe Bob and sit down and enjoy something for yeah. once, Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> anyway, so well, could getting be said the thing about, about like,
3: Carpenter remaking the thing and stuff like that too. So
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
0: true. And you can't please please tell me everybody. you can't tell me that every single episode of the original Monster Vision was exactly what you wanted either. So oh, why you the, know? There's going to be episodes so that's not in your wheelhouse. So spoiled.
1: So spoiled because look, you go back in Monster Vision and he really was at the mercy of being on TNT. Number one, all the films were edited. Number two, he had to show a lot of non horror films. People forget that. Um, oh yeah. You know, the, the last season it was Heather's people really got mad about that. And it's like, Ugh. I'm sorry for having, for, you know, expanding outside the, it, it blows my mind that people get mad. They're like, what is this? I've never seen it. Let's show Halloween three. It's like, I've seen Halloween three a f- hundred fucking times. Let him introduce me to something. Yeah. I love it mm-hmm. when he shows me a movie I haven't seen.
3: Heather's is great, dude. <laughs> I remember. When I know, you know but, I it, but,
1: but it's not. Is it technically, you know, really horror? It's Shudder. Twitter, it's that, Well,
3: that's subjective, man. What's What's horrific to me yeah. is, you know, is tame to somebody else. You know,
1: I love it when he when he branches out and does uh, foreign films. And I mean, even mm-hmm. the argue people are arguing. Class of eighty four is not horror. It's like what mm-hmm. What has to fit in oh, your perfect mold. On. Right, like, I, how could you not enjoy these two movies? Uh, but I'll anyways... Tell you, I'll tell you what, when
0: I first saw Class in 1984, and it was definitely in my young, teen, impressionable years, I thought that movie was terrifying. Fuck yeah. You know, I mean... I, yeah. To think that our school system is devolving to the point of that... It scared the shit out of me. And I think I watched it at the, the perfect time of going from junior high to high school. <laughs> and, and the fear and those kind of fears. And the movie taps into that. And so whatever. Yeah.
3: And I'm the sad gonna- thing is now kids watch that today and they're just like, Oh yeah, that was Tuesday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you oh no, no one got no one got shot in school. Lucky them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at
1: that. Jesus. <laughs> but that's true, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But um, other things I watched, I'll move on. Um, not horror related, but I have to mention it. I watched my first virtual concert. Um, Weezer did yeah, their yeah. "Okay Human" album with a with a Philharmonic orchestra, and that was awesome.
2: As good um, as you hoped. Oh, it was fantastic. Pumped. It looked and, amazing.
1: Yeah, and luckily, it uh, someone you know ripped it and put it online. Of to course, he did. Rewatch <laughs> over and over again, but. Um, <sighs> I watched the. I also watched some Creep Show. I watched uh, Joe Lynch's episode last night. I didn't oh, know he it. directed one. In oh, I fantastic. didn't know either. Oh, yeah. Exciting. Episode three is directed mm-hmm. by Joe Lynch, starring Breckin Meyer. It's really good. Oh, it's damn it, space. we
0: stopped too soon last night.
1: Yeah, it's a space episode. Lucky, luckily for you, it's still on Shutter, and you can use the promo code AOTKP for a free month. Nice. <laughs> um, and then I watched. This will be my last one um, that I really enjoyed. Uh, just needed sort of something on the polar opposite end of the Oscar movies I had been watching for two weeks and I watched nobody and that was awesome. Has anybody else seen it?
2: Which one is that? I no. can't say
1: that I have. Is that
0: with, on what's my list. That What's that on? Is that on shutter?
1: No, it's, um, it's in theaters and you can also oh, okay. rent it. Oh, at, oh,
4: uh,
0: oh Odenkirk.
1: With, one. Odenkirk yeah. On. Bob Odenkirk. I like John Wick, but Bob Odenkirk.
0: Action star Bob Odenkirk. I don't know how I feel. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that personally.
1: Anybody he could do whatever they want
0: it. as an as an artist, but <laughs> yeah, he he trained for I, real. And
1: I was gonna say he trained for real. I have loved Bob Odenkirk's since Mister Show. I Absolutely. love this guy. Oh, me um, too. He can do it all. He's hilarious, but he's also great in Better Call Saul. He's a very. I mean, we've seen his his range recently, and. Um, I was a little I, I almost feel bad for even saying that when I said, you know, oh it's um Bob Odenkirk does uh John Wick because that is not fair to this movie. It's it has okay, I'm gonna sell it to you. It has um oh god, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh Christopher Lloyd at his father
0: in this. Oh cool. Okay. Sold. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
1: um yeah, so it's those two and Rizza from Wu Tang clan, um, gang up and uh it's a it's a like shoot 'em up. Um, lots of awesome stabbing, but what's great about it is like, unlike John wick, um, he definitely takes hits and takes yeah, shots and gets him the fuck be an out of him.
2: Action star that makes it compelling. He's a normal Right. Day. And,
1: it, but there's more to it, but I won't spoil anything, but, mm-hmm. um, it's really cool. Really violent. A lot of fun. It was a great palate cleanser for watching, two weeks of depressing Oscar nominees to get something <laughs> stupid and mindless um, with lots of guns and stabbing. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I watched.
0: Awesome. Cool. Thank you, Tad. Hey, Jason. Yeah, what's up, Mike? I know you like toys. Oh, do I? I just got <laughs> the new Edgar Allan Poe action figure Yeah, with 26 letters of articulation.
2: <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And so you can shape him into the form of any letter. So right now I have him in an L shape, okay. uh, which I call po L position. Oh. oh that was oh, a boy.
1: really long range. Ugh. Yeah. From now on, like your
5: parents were, you are the secret force of po position.
2: Well, as we try to recover from that amazing Comedy joke, gold. Uh-huh. Let's look back on the poll position from episode two thirty two. The question was, "Who is the most fashionable killer?" Oh, interesting results we got.
0: We go. This is mi- this is my win. This is it.
2: Mm, we'll see. Uh, last place, not you. It was <laughs> well, well. Answers real quick. Andy did uh, Toby. I did Peter Vincent. Tad did David from Lost Boys. And St. Mike did Pinhead. Most fashionable killer. Last place, Andy. And eh. 9%. Eh. Second to last place, Tad with 18%. Oh, boom. And tied for first. <gasps> Insane Mike and Jason with 36%. Nice.
0: Nice. I'll take a tie. You'll,
2: you'll share first place finally? For now. All Until right. Until
0: the next one. So, yeah, that's how that turned out. When pretty fun. finally climbed to the top. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let's uh for this episode's poll position, the question is: What's your favorite Adam Wingard thing that like, he's worked on? I like how oh. you
0: phrased it: that Adam Win- favorite thing that Adam Wingard right, has worked on, because yeah, you know he's acted, he's done yeah, you know, he's yep. done other stuff.
2: I wanted to leave it open for that,
0: but. Well, let's kick it off, insane Mike. What's your favorite? However, with that said, I went with something <laughs> <he> interactive, <directed. laughs> of course. And I know it's probably not going to be win because it got it got shit on big time when the movie came out. But I freaking love it, and it's the it is the favorite thing of his that I, that of his that um, he's done that I love. That words can't make words happen, um, and that is Blair Witch. Oh yeah, man, it's pretty good.
1: I love it. I'm
0: just it. a, I'm just a fan it. of that franchise in general, and mm-hmm. I thought that was a great, a great comeback to the to the franchise, and then going back to the whole found footage style and all that.
1: The way they did it was really cool too. Yeah, what pe- we didn't know it was a Blair Witch movie until it came out. Yep. Yeah.
2: And the way it ties in, but changes the lore and the rules. Oh man, that's good. And if you hadn't got to go first and pick first, that might have been mine, but. All right, I'll go the, I wanted to Blair, make sure I
0: got my okay. my
2: answer yeah. in
1: there quick. Can we do a Blair Witch episode where we because I need to revisit the first one. I've never seen the second one. Oh, oh sweet. Yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, I've thought of
2: Yeah, we'll watch we'll watch all seven of those. Cool. The best
1: one. <laughs> seven.
0: Yeah, I've Maybe. I've honestly thought about it several times and I've thought, you know, nah, the guys probably wouldn't be into it. But yeah, if you want to, let's do it.
2: Pretty good. Um, I'll go next, and I suppose it really is my favorite. Um, I, 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 in our, in our, in our Slack where we, uh, chat about these things, I was leaving it for you, Tad, to take it, but you never did. So
0: (laughs) it's news, you lose. I
2: know, but it really is probably is my favorite thing. Um, it's Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, God dang, it's amazing. It's Godzilla and it's King Kong and it's awesome. Pretty sure we'll get into it. I I have a good feeling. That's my pick. What about you, Tad?
1: Well, I I guess I deserved it because I don't have notifications on any apps on my phone. My That's phone has not made fault. a noise in ten years.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, you're missing out! They make really cool noises nowadays.
1: I know, and I. Uh, How do you I, not
0: get notifications and still manage to to answer things ten times quicker, quicker than I do?
1: Because a Attention lot of times span? I'm sitting at work with nothing to do. So, um, <laughs> lucky you don't I, have
0: that problem, Mike.
1: I do this, not have that problem. This I, I somehow missed out on checking the app today and I was late to the party, so um my answer was would be Andy's answer, but um uh-huh. because Andy got it first, I'm going to go with your yep. next. I had a blast seeing this in theaters with some friends. So good. Um it the this is truly a movie and it's probably Same with Player Witch. Um it's the first time you watch it is like fuck yeah. Like I'm <laughs> not gonna tell I have a feeling we'll get more into it, but um after uh, after you realize what's happening it doesn't re- i mean it's it's something that your first time experiencing it if you don't have it spoiled is awesome it's one of those like cool movies yep. it's like just like Blair Witch so um yeah i'm going to go with your next it's a fun gory horror movie yeah
2: all right, and then last Andy's up, and I'll be honest. When it was uh, put in Slack, I thought it was Tad because of the answer, and when I went back like an hour later, I'm like, "Oh, that was Andy." All right, Andy, what's your pick?
3: Yeah, I was I was quick on the draw on this one <laughs> because, um, and all these all these choices are are really really good because I mean, if if Tad would have got to the Slack app first, my his choice would have been my next choice but my my choice is the guest Woo, which yes. is um and I feel so bad about this but it was it was so good but I haven't seen it in like a couple of years so I need to go back and revisit it but because um the just the movie itself is awesome and the music is absolutely stellar um yeah, just this the soldier, you know, coming back to the family saying he's a friend of their son that died in action and they kind of befriend him and then just these mysterious deaths just, you know, continue to happen and it's totally creepy, you know, and it's it's kind of hard to figure out what this guy actually is and, you know, what he what he's all about and yeah, now I want to go back and rewatch it.
1: <laughs> He's talking about doing a TV series sequel.
0: Oh, oh really?
1: Uh. Yeah, I mean he—he he basically. We'll get into this later in in the uh, episode, but he basically said he agreed to do Godzilla vs Kong so he could do um, everything he wants to do that he could not really afford <laughs> to do. Um, so basically, he took that gig so he could do uh, Face Off to the guest uh, TV series. He's doing all kinds of crazy shit. He's doing Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. so wow. he, yeah he used it as a way to get in like if i direct this movie I like that this i guy don't even more oh i know i love the guy and we'll talk about it later but yeah um the guest is fantastic i one of my favorite movies i haven't seen it in probably three weeks so uh, <laughs> I, I, I i watch it every probably six months at least it's, it's oh wow i try to show as many people that movie as i can i did an episode of first time on it one of my first like five episodes it's it's i love it
2: so Twitter only lets us have four uh different answers, but uh Joey uh, and Landon, what would your answer be to this? What's your favorite Adam Wingard?
4: Uh Joey, go ahead, buddy. Okay, well uh the one that I that I would like to say is the guest, but for some reason it's it uh slipped past me when it was in theaters and I just have never gone back to check it out, but after this little ditty, I think I'm gonna <laughs> finally give it a go. So I'd like to say that one, but for just the amount of probably fun of going to a theater and watching a weird. I remember the I remember the VHS films when they came out, kind of being yeah. a, like mm-hmm. a, a little midnight, you know, thing you'd go with your friends and see. Like people were talking about the VHS films and how kind of campy, and it did go back to that sort of the Blair Witch sort of. Um, I guess found footage where it was again, some people weren't sure if it was real or not, even though I feel like we had gotten to the point where everyone knew that found footage <laughs> films were not real. Uh, there was still like so, a little bit of, of, of discussion around them about if any of it was real and it seemed like you were kind of going to maybe see some sort of weird snuff films. So, mm. and they just ended up to be kind of bad campy, you know, short horror films that are fun. So I still, I still think I like those, uh, the best, if only for the beautiful memories I have attached to them.
5: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Landon? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a tie between the guest and VHS. Uh, like Joey said, I have such a visceral uh, memory of seeing VHS the first time in theaters with my buddies, and it was uh, just <clears throat> awesome. And uh, I don't know if I've ever revisited it. But uh, I still consider it one of my favorite horror films and tell people about it um, mm-hmm. because I just uh, I w- I worry revisiting it will uh, <laughs> tarnish <laughs> that a little. Will, will tarnish that a little bit. So I I I, I don't want to. I want to keep that right where it is in my little <laughs> memory <laughs> packet. Okay. <laughs>
2: no let me show you De- my memory. Death packet. note. <laughs> oh, away. I liked that. I liked Death Note. But that was great. Well, yeah. So everybody, get your butts over to Twitter and get your votes in on what your favorite. Who you think got it right to the question? What's your favorite Adam Wingard vehicle?
1: I'm gonna vote for Andy's pick.
0: I know you. <laughs> that's pole position. All right. Thanks, Jason. So now it's time to get into our discussion about Adam Wingard movies. Um, We usually talk about three films, so we're not going to cover the whole career, but I tried to pick movies um, throughout the career, kind of something from the beginning, something from the middle, and then, of course, his most recent. And it's interesting to note that he has only been making feature films now for 14 years, and he's gone from making his first film, Homesick, for only $2,000 up to this multi-million dollar Hollywood extravaganza of Godzilla versus Kong. What a interesting career. And that's one of the things I find fascinating about him. It's not only do I think he, he makes some great movies, but also just, uh, just following his career is quite interesting. What inspired me to pick this episode is he was recently on post-mortem with the, the Mick Garris podcast. And that was really interesting because, you know, Mick Garris kind of goes through, in the discussion goes through the person's career that is his guest and um it was interesting to hear things like how he got the deal for Godzilla versus Kong um before death note came out and he was grateful because death note was so panned that uh he probably wouldn't have ever worked again uh if it wasn't the fair the fact that they had already um agreed to have him do godzilla versus kong so little things like that definitely worth checking that out um but jason what is the first movie we're going to talk about concerning adam wingard tonight our first movie is from 2010 a
2: horrible way to die If you were gonna die, and you, and you knew you were gonna die, and you could
1: choose how, what would you choose?
5: You don't wanna come back to bed with me? Of course I do.
1: So I thought I'd go for a walk and come okay. get right back in bed. I
5: was in a pretty bad relationship.
1: He was not very honest with me about a lot of things. Rembusy, to accept the things I cannot
5: change. Everything he said in group was really, it's really
4: vulnerable and, and great. It's really good that you could do that. That continues tonight for Garrett Terrell who remains at large after escaping from police custody.
5: Are you scared? I'm
1: He knows where you live? No, you don't understand they'll kill you too.
2: An escaped killer goes on a rampage while pursuing his ex girlfriend who has fled to start a new life. Yeah. Yeah. Go <laughs> Adam. I uh I promised myself um after the last episode or so, like um I wasn't I didn't want to go first because I got I, was, I liked the movie a lot and then you guys shit all over it and then I felt bad, so I just don't want to <laughs> I actually like this movie, and I have a feeling you guys are going to shit on it, so I'm just going to wait till the end. So you guys can go. Well, you just said what you thought about it. Okay, (laughs) then I'm done. Cool, next, person. (laughs) I,
3: um... I actually... I really liked the movie. I thought the acting was good, but, um... I'm a little curious as to why the cameraman was getting a piggyback ride while filming (laughs) or why was he riding? you know, or maybe he should have went to the AA meeting because I think he was fucking shit faced when he was trying to, when he was recording this.
1: Feels good. Because,
3: oh my God, it's just, I, I would have liked it. This movie so much more better if, it, it was just so disorienting to watch sometimes it's it, it's just shot really bad i'm sorry <laughs> um uh other other than that i mean it just it really took me out of the movie some at at points you know it's um uh, but i really like you know it's 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 obviously you know it's pretty pretty low budget you know and it's probably was pretty darn cheap to make seventy five
2: thousand dollars
3: yeah Mm. nice um
0: yeah really cheap
3: yeah and it's you know it's it gave me the feeling that you know it it just happened like you know down the road you know because it had like a kind of a midwest feel to it you know because you see those guys in bars with flannel and the goatees and whatever and uh but yeah i don't have much to say other than that i just really thought it was shot really shitty and tad tad was telling us that it was like it's what's what's it mumble core or what it?
1: yeah well t- to me i i you know i sort of maybe hinted at me not loving this in the group before um but i think it is interesting it's it's like watching someone practice um it's cool to see his early stuff and see where he's at now. And so that's, that's a good practice in this episode, but it's cool to see like AJ Bowen um, and Joe yeah. Swanberg who end up in his later films. And, and he's one of the yeah. directors that, that brought his friends along with him as he got bigger, which is really cool. Um, and, and like I told you guys, this is, I'm not sure if this is counts as mumblecore, but there was this sort of um, wave around this time where, these directors like uh, Joe Swanberg um, who were basically all helping each other out. They were all acting in each other's films and there are these little indie movies that they did for next to nothing. And a lot of them don't follow a tight narrative and they're um, shot with handheld cameras. And they're just almost like so loose and um, casual uh, to a fault at sometimes, you know, and and if you don't like the style here, this is actually a tight little package compared to some of like Swanberg's films, but Um, yeah, they sort of fall in that mumble core movement and, and, and while I enjoy the practice is not one, I will go back and rewatch ever.
3: Yeah. It's like I said, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed, you know, the twist at the end and I thought the performances were really well, but this, I don't know, this rumble seat filmmaking, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, I'm not Sorry.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I'm kind of on the same page as you guys. Um, just personally for me, it, it's a bit slow. Uh, the story's great. The performances are great. I, I love the concept and the ideas. Um, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a pretty slow paced film. And I think part of the, part of what makes it drag for me is is maybe kind of of what Andy's talking about. Like, I can appreciate a different style of filmmaking and everything, but there's some shots where all I'm seeing is lens flares and everything on in front of the screen is blurred out, um, as out of focus. And, you know, it's stuff like that that that's what that's when I start lose it losing interest, you know. Um, it's like comic books. I'm a big comic book guy, but if the art doesn't grab yeah. me, it's hard for me to sit down and read read the book. Um, you know, it's kind of a complete Mm -hmm. package and films are that way too, because it's a visual medium. Um, you know, some of the, some of the shaky cam stuff was, was a bit over top. I appreciate, um, the handheld look of it, uh, for the most part. Um, and it definitely gives it that rough and raw feel to it that I think adds that, that adds to the story, but some of it was a bit too much. It was overkill. Um, but that ending was great. I freaking loved the third act immensely. That that was the saving grace of the whole movie for me. If if it didn't have that ending, it might be more on the thumbs down side. But uh, um, but that ending was great. And and uh, yeah, um, I looked up mumblecore. Uh, just what Google's definition of it is. I guess uh, is a subgenre of independent film characterized by naturalistic acting and dialogue. Uh, sometimes improvised, low-budget film production, an emphasis on dialogue over plot, and a focus on the personal relationships of people in their twenties and thirties. So, yeah, I guess we could say that this is totally a mobile core film. It falls into to that regard. So, but at the end of the day, I'm just I'm gonna say it's it's a thumbs up, but uh, I don't think it's one I will go back to anytime soon. Just because it, it it's really it just kind of drags on for me personally. I wonder what the guys at lunch break thought of this.
4: Uh, This is your turn, Landon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, you're gonna let him him down easy. (laughs) Tell him that it's
5: bad. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna make me be the one to say it. Um, (laughs) No, I I kind of agree with what everyone's essentially saying. You can you can see the you know the starts of a successful filmmaker in, in the bones of of this movie but uh, it did feel very much like a sort of quintessential student film that is like, what if a serial killer is kind of nice and uh, what if we have our camera guys stand 3,000 yards away and zoom in <laughs> and try to force the depth of field look that we're looking for because we don't have the money to buy the lens that we need and uh, <laughs> You know, it's 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 all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you can obviously tell there is a a deft storyteller behind the project. Um but yeah, I mean I I did I do wanna say when they're at the diner and the two guys from apparently the deep south or something, they kind of come up and they don't talk or look like anyone that would be at the office job that he has. Mm-hmm. Um and he says they're guys from work. At that point, I kind of knew, mm, we might be in for a little twist. Um, <laughs> you got yourself but, uh, a pretty little ripe one, <laughs> don't you there, boy <sighs> okay. Come on, Joe Bob, I don't want you here. <laughs> Whatever he says. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, I would not uh, ever sit down to watch it again. Uh, yeah, but, like you guys also said, the pacing was a little a little slow for me as well um but yeah overall i mean you can you can see the the beginnings of a of a group of talented fellers that will go on to make some good stuff
4: okay so you're going to make me be the one to shit all over this guy's first movie <laughs> Just because his cinematographer forced him to put <laughs> Christmas lights in every single scene so that he could <laughs> bokeh the shit out of them <laughs> and then kind of just focus on. Look, yes, yeah, so I, I, I get that. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of on board with what you guys are saying, but yeah, the, the stylistic approach to this, I think plays into the why, like Mike said, it feels a little long in the tooth because <laughs> You've got these long drawn out scenes, which kind of plays into this like naturalistic, the, the mumblecore thing, which I think, I don't know, I think Joe Swanberg just does that very, that's like kind of the guy that he plays in everything. It's like mm-hmm. when he starts mm-hmm. acting, you're like, oh, this is a mumblecore movie, whether it is or not. Yeah. Just because of the way he acts.
5: But uh Well, and I think everyone's yeah. kind of moved on from Mumblecore. And I think Joe Swanberg is
4: still doing that, right? That's, That's what like, I mean. I don't think he can like, help it. He yeah. just shows up and he's like, Your mom and dad were like <laughs> cooking steak the other night, and I was just thinking about how steak knives. And you're like, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but uh yeah, I think that that was my biggest thing was, you know, they would be just focused on scenes and all of a sudden things would just start to go out of focus for like five minutes. And then my (laughs) girlfriend just yelled why at the screen. And, uh, it was a lot of that, but yes, the, the twist, I think we all kind of knew something was coming, but they did, uh, I don't know for, for the amount of money they made it for. I I think it was a good, it kind of shows where he was at. Obviously his writer that he's worked with on a few of, you know, the next films that he did, they kind of found a, a good collaboration between them. So, Um, It was interesting to see, kind of seeing, obviously, then you end up with, which we'll get to, no spoilers, but you get to Godzilla vs. King Kong, and it's like, wow, he's really made a a pretty big leap here in just, you know, about a decade and a half, so, yeah.
0: Excellent. So, Jason, what's your complete thoughts, then? Oh,
2: you know, just the opposite of everything you guys have said, so you can move on, I don't know. I was just going to also sorry. say that uh, it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. And uh, it's that's where it got picked up for distribution by Anchor Bay. And it also played at Fantastic Fest where it received three major awards. Best Screenplay by Simon Barrett, who, you know, I think is one of the best parts about the movie. Like you said, uh, his collaboration with him has been outstanding. And Absolutely. I really enjoy his writing a lot. And this I, was and
3: after I, people regained their equilibrium after watching it, correct? Okay,
2: moving on. Next movie. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> best actor for AJ Bowen and best actress for Amy Siemens also won at the Fantastic Fest.
5: She was really great. I would want to just throw in there. I really, I really liked her, and I would like to see her in more stuff. I've. I, She's I directing she, her own
2: movies now too.
5: Well, there you go. Yeah. Nice.
0: All right, cool. All right, Andy, what is our next movie? All right, our next film comes to us from
3: 2011, and it is called Your Next.
4: I just want you all to know how much it means to us that you're all here.
2: Thanks
6: to Mom and Dad.
4: Beautiful.
2: Just a perfect day.
0: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy food, and help us to do our part with kind words and loving deeds. Amen.
2: Amen.
5: What is that?
0: See you anyway.
3: Assault on Precinct 13 and The Strangers Had a Comedy Baby. You're next. Um, when the Davison family comes under attack during their wedding anniversary getaway, the gang of mysterious killers soon learns that one of their victims harbors a secret talent for fighting back. Um, Really, really like this movie. Um, basically, it's uh It kind of tells the story that rich people just have can either have either just as bad as problems or worse problems as you know the next person um just uh overall just it shows what what greed can can really do you know even within your own family uh basically uh spoiler alert uh it's it's two very greedy brothers start offing their family so they can get uh their inheritance but the brothers are playing dumb because they've already hired killers and they need their significant others to you know basically they need to survive too in order to tell the cops what you know everything happened and whatnot um Uh, really funny stuff, you know, these, these, these siblings, they argue over like the most trivial shit. I believe it's, it's like Kelly, you know, saying that she could run fast and get out to the car. And of course, you know, she ends up (laughs) damn near decapitating herself, running out the door. I mean, all, all the gags in this, uh, film are great. You know, one of my favorites is the, uh, the golf swing with the ax to the face, you know, when they try to go to the Namers, um all the the screwdrivers going into was that is that Swanberg i believe yeah the actor yeah yeah uh, you know drake is just a dick you know all the brothers you know they 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 have like a really brother type relationship um uh I won't go into any more about like you know the camera work and and whatnot, but some some of the some of the scenes it it was a little shaky, and then I realized that it was just it was awesome compared to watching the last film, um, but yeah really 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 like this when i first i bought it on dvd i wasn't able to uh see it when it when it first came out but i was just like i was watching it you know and i bought it just on the concept alone you know and really really like this uh from the from the moment i saw it uh I was I was a little bummed out. I was just like, oh man, it's too bad we couldn't get a little bit more of you know Barbara Crampton, you know. But then I started thinking about it. I was just like, man, she's basically playing like the same role that she did in Reanimator or Chopping Mall. She's just running around <laughs> scared and dying, you know, fa- fairly quickly. You know, aside from Reanimator and whatnot. But um, yeah, re- really, really good stuff with you know. Bow, bows and arrows and you know nail you know booby trap nails i mean they've got like the uh the nightmare on elm street you know uh uh axe gag uh of course it's a sledgehammer in that one but in nightmare on elm street but with the axe coming down through the door uh that's that's very much later in the film however but um yeah I can't say really anything bad about this. I really, really like this film. I guess the only my only small, small complaint, Ty West looks like a Ty. There's no way in hell would I ever call, be ever mistake that guy for calling him a Tariq. He does not look like a Tariq at all, whatsoever. Well, anyway. How do
1: you know Ty West's real name isn't Tyreek, and they call him Ty? Ty.
3: Um, because they shouldn't, because it messes with my explanation of, in my thought process, and you're throwing a wrench into my works, and I hate you, Tad.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> Sorry. He just doesn't look like a Tariq to me, but anyway. Probably just because I always know him as Ty. I don't know him at all, actually, but I just... God damn it. Somebody talk. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love this movie. I was uh, I saw opening night in theaters. Uh, oh, nice! This movie is a blast, um, and because we're not talking about it tonight (spoiler), we're not talking about the guest. Um, there's some interesting tie-ins uh, outside of using, you know, Simon Barrett as a writer and stuff, but um, they filmed this. And then because it got picked up for distribution, they got the funding to do the guest and they were shooting it, um, right one, right after another. And so they were shooting the guest while they were, uh, while this hit theaters and these lunatics, like, uh, lunatics, um, both of them, the writer and director, uh, Wingard and, uh, Barrett, when they were, they were basically doing a press tour for this movie while shooting the guest And so they would like be shooting and fly out. And, um, they were shooting the guest when they got word that this pretty much flopped at the box office. And, uh, they talk a little bit about that. They were shooting, like they remember what scene they're shooting stuff when they got a call and they're like, numbers aren't looking good. Um, but they were sort of banking on it, doing well enough where they put like tons of little Easter eggs in the guest from this movie, like the mask. And there's some writing on the wall. It says you're next. Um, stuff like that. But I, I think this movie is so much fun. It's a perfect balance of comedy and horror. Um, it shows how much both the writer, both writer and director have matured. Um, but also while still sort of keeping it, you know, fun and indie. Um, like I said, one of the, one of the movies that I think has a great twist when you watch it for the first time, as long as you don't know. And and they did a really good job of not spoiling the twist in the trailers and, um, promotion yeah. leading up to it. So, yeah, I love this one. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I love I love everything about it. It's a blast rewatching it, probably for the sixth or seventh time for this episode was great as well.
3: It's almost like uh, reminiscent, I, well, I guess Ready or Not is almost like reminiscent of this movie a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <clears throat> um, I'm going to talk about the first time I ever watched this movie and it's, uh, I just want to say it's cool that a movie, you know, I talk about, I've talked about in the past on how if I can predict where a movie's going and it goes that way, I think of it as a good thing because the, you know, the, the makers of the movie and my interpretation, are kind of one and the same and the same thought process. So of course I'm going to like that. Uh, it would make sense to like that, but I also do enjoy it when a movie can um, take a left turn from my expectations and I still really enjoy it. Sometimes it doesn't always work. You know, it's like when you, um, you know, you're, think you're going to take a sip of pepsi and it was ended up being mountain dew mountain dew is really good but when your taste buds are set for pepsi it it tastes like super nasty that (laughs) first drink so usually that's kind of the thing that happens um and i went in i originally went into this movie not really knowing much about it and expecting something along the lines of the strangers which is a movie i really really love and when you know when you first start hearing the people in the masks like talking or taking their masks off, I'm I'm disappointed at first. Mm-hmm. But everything about the movie is is so solid and goes in a direction that's still in my wheelhouse. It's a different wheel at this point. It's more of the uh front um driver's side wheel than the uh um back passenger wheel. But uh uh, you know, cause it's got it's got everything that uh Is me, you know, it's a great mix of comedy, some cool violence and gore, um, and is just a, a fun, fun ride. So (coughs) it's definitely a movie I was excited to come back and revisit. I don't think I had seen it in quite a while. So, um, was really happy to get to watch it again. So much fun. And, and, um, Barbara Cranton, you know, the older she gets, she's still very uh, stunning, beautiful woman. Fine wine. Jason, what do you think? I like it.
2: <laughs> I liked it because it did bring Barbara back. It was one of those.
0: Yeah, it kind of was this right at the time of her. This movie kind of brought her
2: back. Her John Travolta from Pulp Fiction movie. Yeah, okay. Right,
0: you know? Yeah. And I feel like, unlike John Travolta, <laughs> um, she kept going strong. Oh, yeah, know? for
2: sure. <laughs> Uh this movie also is I think like is responsible for bringing uh killers with masks back especially goofy or y ones like it was a big trend setter on that too wasn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I was kind of looking too for my examples of, you know, when I said the strangers and I looked to see when the first purge came out and it came out after this. So yeah, I think you're right. I think this this did start um kind of revitalize that trend. And there's just, there's just something that could be fun and silly about those masks yet, or could be like really creepy and disturbing about masks like that.
2: Mm -hmm. And then my only other real note, so not is a weird note, it's not really about the movie, but did any of you watch it on Hulu? Because that's where I watched it this time and the transfer seemed crappy. Like it was super blurry and I'm trying to remember. You don't got that Blu-ray? I probably do. Huh? No, I do. I just didn't remember to bring it. And I ended up watching it on Hulu and I I thought the I thought it was kind of crappy, but maybe it was maybe our connection, I don't know, but you may be right. It, it might be So I don't remember the movie being like that, but man, there were some blurry just not necessarily out of focus, but blurry moments in them action scenes that just
0: I don't know. No, I know what you're saying. Oh, I honestly don't remember. I think that's where I watched it too. Um, I just know there has been some things I've watched recently that I'm like, oh, this is the transfer they've chosen. Um, so I can't remember if that's the one, if was one of them that was like that or not. And, you know, and sometimes you get that. which is, But it's kind of weird that Hulu wouldn't give you a, you yeah. know, but, you know, who knows? I don't know. Going to have to watch it again, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Landon, how did you like this one?
5: Um. All right, look, guys. This is <laughs> not- oh, you're going to make Joey
2: be the one. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Once again.
5: No, no, I'll say my piece, and then I'll exit the call, and you can <laughs> never invite me back on. Um, no, it, it's a fun movie, okay? I'll give you that. There, you said it. <laughs> there, <laughs> he admitted I said it. <laughs> Get it on tape. Now leave. <laughs> Wait, are you recording? <laughs> Is this going to be put out? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For so this, this feels like uh, to me. This is a nice stepping stone for a fully realized, uh, perfectly crafted, tonally consistent uh, the guest that will come later. Uh, but this one doesn't quite do it for me, guys.
4: Hmm.
3: Wow. <laughs>
4: Joey Okay Now this might be a little surprise For all of you This maybe was my favorite of the Of the bunch that we watched These three grapes on the vine Of uh, the three movies huh. that we watched Of Mr. <laughs> Wingard uh, Because uh, and these two brothers Might I say they seem to be They seem to be fans of Gordon Gekko Because in their heads greed is good <laughs> And there is <laughs> slashing. <laughs> I wrote that a week and a half ago. I'm like, I can't nice. wait No um, uh, Just thought of that for no reason. So, if uh, this movie were the guest, I would have liked watching The Guest. Again, I'm going to go back to that <laughs> and say. Uh, it's everybody trying to tell me we should have put, I should have, put <laughs> should on have been
2: telling you that for weeks.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, no, I thought, uh, you know, the part where she you know, wants to, uh, have smacks next to the guy's dead, dead mom. You know, I started unzipping <laughs> oh, my God. pants and I'm like, here we go. <laughs> then he says no. And I'm like, what the heck? But Who I does not want to do that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's interesting i don't I can't think of many movies where like with this one with Ty West and obviously Joe being in both of them and stuff, but there's a lot of it's like they're bringing in more and more filmmakers. you just don't see a lot of these like mainstream I guess horror movies or movies in general where you've got just people that are friends that do all types of that are writers and directors and actors that are all just doing stuff in each other's films that's um, kind of like a fun Easter egg for people that care about this stuff to go, oh, that's Tyreek. And then you like scream at the screen and like smash <laughs> your TV off, off their mantle place and you burn your house down. You're like, that's Ty. But uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. This one this this one was, uh, it, was it was fun. Um, Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Great. It's cool. Um, I don't know the history well enough. I'm just like Ty West is co- obviously connected, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he
1: did. They he was did the VHS movies with those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he did I wonder
0: did
4: Sacrament, which had like AJ and Joe in it, and yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's still. Oh yeah, that's right. A, a weird little all oh, this little this little, little camp, family, yeah. but
0: the, little Ty, in, indie indie pack. But Ty, I feel gotcha. like came in. You know, he was in before them, and like but like he I just wonder I I'm, I'm just curious on like when he kind of joined the pack and when that became the club
3: they're like a cheaper version of like Tarantino and Rodriguez
4: mhm
0: yeah.
1: yeah and uh, Ty west in this um reminds me of like a pretentious version of uh Remington Smith if you guys i know <laughs> <laughs> nice nice sorry
2: remington <laughs> Yeah, so sorry, you, dude. He, 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 yeah, he, he rises, totally. Yeah. Inside joke. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, Tad, what's our third and final film we're discussing
1: today? Our third movie is an obvious one. It is Godzilla versus Kong. This is our only chance.
2: We have to take
1: C'est
3: That we're not seeing here.
5: I'm of the same opinion. Go!
3: The myths
1: are real. Yeah. There was a war. Go! And they're the last ones standing. I can't it for greatness because I'm killed from
6: it. Who bows to who? Kong,
4: Kong bows to no one.
1: excuse me while i try to get my eyes back forward from rolling in the back of my head here we go um (laughs) yeah giant lizard fights a giant monkey and then they both fight a robot lizard um yeah godzilla sign me up yeah it's it's fun (laughs) it has a has a podcaster and the girl from stranger things and some spaceships that don't really exist in a hollow earth that doesn't really exist and um, and then there's a really cool neon fight at the <laughs> end, but uh, I, I love the idea that Adam Adam Wingard um, when they pitched when they brought this to him, he's like, "I want to see Kong fight Godzilla with a bunch of neon lights," and they went from there. Uh, that was where it started, and then he wrote like backwards from that point. So uh, it's cool, but it's it, I miss uh, Simon Barrett's contribution. He's not. This is like his first movie without him. Um, I don't know. It doesn't really have a whole... Outside of a few familiar faces and some some little comedy bits, it doesn't really have a lot of uh, his touches on it. It definitely feels like a studio movie. And listening to um, experts Brian Clark and Michael Rowland on this one, it sounds like uh, a lot of those things were... Because, you know, it's a it's a major studio picture and, you know, a lot of notes are made and um, it's not necessarily a lot of stuff that the director doesn't get as much say as he would earlier in his career. But that's sort of how studios work. And um, I enjoy it for what it is. It's a lot of fun. I I rewatched it again for the second time after seeing it in theaters. uh, And it still held up as a giant monster fight movie. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I will say that, yes, I'm an idiot. I should have saw this in theaters. I didn't. Um, You still can. I know. I still can. And probably, hopefully I can. Hopefully I can get a chance to go see it. Um, Because this is a movie that's made for the theatrical (laughs) experience. And if anybody out there who's going to argue like, well, you know, the movie theater experience is over. It's like, well, no, not when movies like this are made. Um, that I don't care how big your screen at home is and how awesome your surround sound system is. It's not going to have ever the same impact as seeing it on a big theater screen. Um, But yeah, it was so much fun. And, you know, I, I, I complain a lot about you know at times movies uh, dragging on and being too long or you can trim this out you know and whatnot. Um, this movie though is tight. It Does not fuck around. It it just it just goes goes goes. Where I yeah. might even say that that kind of hurts the film maybe a little bit. That's that's a maybe maybe maybe. My only real complaint about it is it's too fast. You know, because there's just like some moments of things that happen, and I'm scratching my head, it's like, "Well, wait, when was this explained? When did this happen? When?" You know, <laughs> I'm trying to play catch up here, and there are already like uh, three story story plots uh, um, beyond that. So, um, I, uh, you know, I don't understand the online hatred for Mecha Godzilla. He was probably one of my favorite parts, to be honest. As much as I love the the Kong versus Godzilla, and that's what. You pay the pi- price of admission for it, to see them duke it out, and I love what they did with. Kong. I mean, I, I've loved what this whole universe has done with Kong in general. You know, making him smarter, making him more of a good guy. You know, um, sympathetic, uh, sympathetic. Yes, uh, you know, really a protagonist, uh, and that's what's great about this. Is like, yes, there's human stuff in it, and people have complained about the earlier films about being too heavy on the. On the uh, the human side of things, which you know, I just often say say to myself, "Have you never seen like a, a Toho Godzilla movie? If you think there's too many um, too much not. human scenes, yeah, exactly." Um, <clears throat> but uh, um, but this movie definitely feels like you know th- those scenes those moments take a backseat or just basically are there to drive the story, just so we can get our main protagonist Kong fighting Godzilla. Uh, in this and, you know, I, I love the freaking, um, um, dorsal fins, uh, axe that he used. That was, that was a freaking cool image. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really liked Mechagodzilla too, even though, uh, the explanation of the magic science behind it all was a
1: l- was a little convenient to me, uh, a little, I, I- I love the skull like powering it. That's so cool.
0: No, it's a, it's a cool concept. Um, I just feel like it maybe got a little convoluted and maybe that was a thing of like, um, where it could have, maybe that could have been a moment where it could have slowed down and telegraph it for me a little bit better and explain it. It
1: felt like, yeah, they trimmed a little bit of that stuff out.
0: Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, but the Mecha Godzilla stuff and the concept too of like basically the ghost of uh Ghidorah kind of takes over Mecha Godzilla, spoiler alert. And that concept is really cool. And I thought the design of Mecha Godzilla was awesome, and I just love how he just you know was beating the shit out of both of them and it took them to team up. I mean, that's that's just that's just like storytelling 101 right there. You got two people duking it out through the movie and then a, a bigger threat comes along and then they have to team up to to save their own asses and save the day. And mm-hmm. what more and could then, you ask for?
1: And then some dumb little kid spills liquor into a motherboard and it's over. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I hate that shit.
0: I nah, it's all backseat. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it, I'm I'm there to see, you know, Godzilla versus Kong and I feel like I got even more than what I was when I anticipated
3: yeah this movie accomplishes what it what it sets out to do. I mean, it's just a uh, you know it's a fight. it's a fight movie, and um yeah as as with as the case with like any Godzilla movie, you know, going back to the first one, I mean, I think we tend to disregard that like two point five million Chinese people were crushed in this movie, if you take it, you know into fashion you know? Yeah. yeah, it's just. <laughs> But everybody's just like, "Oh, keep fighting!" You know? But um, I love the fact that uh, Kong um, he Martin rigs his shoulder back into place by throwing oh, yeah. it into a building. <laughs> that was very great, cool. Yeah, which was I was just like, "Holy shit, that's lethal weapon too, man!" Um, which, it
0: goes back to like this, the whole intelligence of Kong that I really like that aspect of the character in oh, this universe.
1: He's so sympathetic. I mean, he it opens with him scratching his ass like. we all relate to him he wakes up just like us you know
3: yes and gets up and throws a javelin into the sky yeah (laughs) that's great a tree javelin
1: i Um, i did i did like the little girl the relationship they had was cool yeah it's it's cute it's cute the human aspect of it. I did not care about the side story with the podcaster. I. What's sad is I love all three of those actors, but I just am. I'm like, whenever they're on screen, I'm like, let's move on. I do not care about what's I going almost, on here.
3: I almost felt like they could have cut it out. Yeah. That I mean, it's it didn't really. It, it just it seemed like filler to me, and you know, and I like all three of them too. It's but I was just like, why are they even doing this?
1: I think they say something like uh, that podcast. A podcast is rotting right your brain, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably right.
5: <laughs> I uh, will talk now, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's definitely a big studio movie, obviously, and you get all of the cons with that. Um, I think the whole Godzilla human people that care about godzilla millie bobby brown and the that that whole thing is basically just because it it has to be a continuation like i think Mm -hmm. if it was just a kind of a standalone deal probably none of that would have been in there because it all amounts to basically nothing um just a really (laughs) contrived way for them to help shut down the mecha godzilla um but other than that, I mean, like you guys said, you it's we're not here to see the freaking people. We're here to see the big guy fight the other big guy. And uh, the fact that they gave us that in spades, that's, that's great. Um, and I think where some of the other movies in this franchise have uh, faltered is that they take it a little too seriously. And uh, this and the Kong Skull Island both... I think understood the yes. the uh you know kind of where this this sort of series should live in in the comedy like you know with with a, a little levity um and not just a dour sort of gritty uh Zack Snyder version um <laughs> Yeah I don't know I, I liked it I had a lot of fun watching it I I also, as I was watching it on my TV, said, God, I wish I was in a theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
5: It is definitely, and I don't even, like, I, I don't, I'm not a big King Kong guy or a Godzilla guy, but it just, it demands a theater. I wasn't Absolutely. necessarily looking forward to it, but boy, oh boy, would I like to go to a theater and watch it.
4: Um, I, th- I think the thing I liked the most about it was the, uh, the poster on HBO max was the exact same poster as mortal Kombat. Uh, they, <laughs> they both just yes. like, they're like, yeah. what do we got? Like what's hot this year? They're like red and blue, <laughs> baby, make it happen. On. <laughs> one's one's nasty. The other one's nastier. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, I, this has been mentioned, but yeah, the, the, the pacing issue, it seems like there was a longer story here. That they just kept cutting away at to be like, what? Do, what do people give a shit about? <laughs> like, they want to see the big yeah. monkey man fight the big, crusty lizard, and you know, because we start off right away, and she's just like, you know, you see, you see King Kong, and she's like, the ancient prophecy of Ding Dong says that <laughs> the two will have a big monster smash, and you're like, okay, let's go for it. So. I mean, that's what it is. And I think that's, I think that's fun. I think, uh, Landon's right. in that they, they really don't take it too seriously, which is good. I mean, there is some interesting stuff in there. I like the, I mean, the idea that he comes from hollow earth or whatever, this conspiracy theory stuff seems a little like just base level of they're like, oh, we should get into this kind of, and then like, (laughs) but hollow earth is real and you have to fly a plasma ray ship to get there. And I would have liked to maybe see that a little more because the the physics there are interesting. When uh, King Kong's hopping around, going up into the sky, and landing on the ground again, and he's throwing blue rocks at each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, um, I literally laughed out loud in the theater when he's floating and he's like reaches up for a rock and like Nikki looks over at me like, "What are you laughing hysterically for?" It's Just the, the image of a, of, Godzilla, or of a Kong like floating in in this Middle Earth it made me laugh. It's hilarious.
4: It's a fun. It's yeah. a fun little thing, and obviously, we we all care about. You know, King Kong has is what everyone is is rooting for, and you just do not give a shit about any of the human characters. You don't care about Alexander Scar's guard or whatever his problem is, or this lady who cares about <laughs> her father's company. It's just so. It's just thrown away it's to the, the side because they to just need. To the, yeah. Yes, exactly, and yeah. and you get there, and it feels like there might be a little more missing on that side and i do yeah i do like those other actors uh like brian henry was i thought he was good in the new uh child's play movie like Mm -hmm. they're they are Mm -hmm. good actors but it just does not matter for for this movie (laughs) so it gave you what you wanted two hours of these guys just totally crushing it (laughs)
1: it's it's so strange that they i'm wondering who it had been um Wingard, like who threw in MacGruber references in Godzilla vs Kong? Did anybody else catch those?
0: No, I missed it. When that. Kong
5: walks out with celery in his ass.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, I actually he uh, <laughs> when Skarsgård, like it, it's a scene, it's a scene where um, Kong is on the ship and they sort of go out to see him. Um, Skarsgård is dressed exactly like uh, McGruber wearing the vest and the jeans. And-, oh. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I, and I, and I actually leaned over to Nikki and I said, he looks like McGruber And she sort of laughed. And then, and then that rich girl whose dad wants to collect the, uh, power or whatever, the, the source of power. Um, mm. you know, whom talk about the spoiled rich girl on the, on yeah, the, yeah. Trip. <laughs> um, she comes out and she says something about like, uh, he says something about helicopters and she's like, they're whatever the fuck they are. Neopods or something. Uh, it, it, it's like twenty Miatas uh, put together, and he's like, "I like Miatas." That's a MacGruber joke, right? Like, he's wearing the outfit and makes a Miata joke. Like, what, what? What are you making MacGruber references in Godzilla versus Kong for? This is so strange. But, anyways, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> celery in the butt
0: <laughs> That's now an image I cannot get oh, out of my brain that's, that's what he was stripping that tree
4: off for you know, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Distracting Distracting Godzilla Or Mecha yeah. Godzilla with the celery in his butt yeah. <laughs> just, just seeing him. That's
4: why he short-circuited I'm
0: just seeing him waddle up and down the streets of to Tokyo With a piece of celery up his butt in my brain right now <laughs>
1: I think so the I could, the spectacle of like the neon buildings, you know, is really cool. Uh but it definitely like mm-hmm. the idea that they put him into Middle Earth and then he like came out the other side of the world, you know, to face him is just like it, it all happened so quickly. I'm like, wait, what he's really coming out to the other <laughs> side of the earth? Okay, okay, we're going with this. And it happens really fast to get there. Um but I you know, i, I doesn't give me time to, to think a,
2: about it too hard. Yeah. No,
1: and I and I you know, just the pacing the is i sort of appreciate that pacing because all the other movies that that especially the two godzilla movies feel like such a drag at times um that first one you know every time we see him they either cut away or he's in the dark and a lot of people were like sort of shit on that because and i think they're both like over two like two and a half hours or longer Mm -hmm. and um wingard sort of addressed that and he's like if your movie is is over two hours you have to have a Good goddamn reason, and uh, it definitely felt like they uh really you know tightened this ship up and and tried to give the fans a more of a monster movie. But uh, Godzilla feels so mean in this, I love it. He's oh, <laughs> he, yeah, he's he, a boy. He, he bitch he slaps <laughs> him several times. Um, he's just vicious. He, alpha man, right? He puts his you know stomps him, yeah, you feel for him at the end where he like stomps stomps uh Kong down and he's holding him down and they scream in each other's faces, and uh, it reminds me of like you know most of us have siblings we've all been in a fight where we get to a point where it's like we're about ready to kill each other then you sort of like take a breath step away from each other and okay i i establish who's the alpha and we you know we'll move on
0: <laughs> that's uh, when then that's that's what's so Don't great about it when back Mac- on me though fucker I mean, they definitely make Godzilla out to be more of the bad guy in this movie, but I think like that's kind of the point of some of the human uh, human stuff, especially with uh, no, you know, Eleven and uh, the kid from um, <laughs> Deadpool Two and the podcast guy, uh, is the okay. to still tell us basically um, that Godzilla is not necessarily a bad guy um, in this and. It is it is an an alpha male thing, but just that moment when they team up, just I oh, got
2: man, yeah,
0: I got goose pimples. I just got giddy they like a schoolgirl when they. Te- I do, especially you know when two people are at each other's throats and then they put their differences aside to take on a bigger threat. I just I loved that moment when they they teamed up to take down Mechagodzilla. And I'll say one more thing about the human characters. Like uh, I, somebody mentioned it, and I just want to. Telegraph it too that I loved the little girl like that moment when King when Kong is dying and she's crying. I'm gonna, I got teary eyed too. I got choked up. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, and Lance Reddick in this movie for one scene like that was a little Adam Wingard thing. Like he had to have been in this movie more, and they had to cut his stuff or something. Because why would you get him in there and give him one line? Come on. Yeah, yeah.
2: Jason do. Oh, sorry. Oh, what? Go yeah, ahead. I no, I love it. I love it for all... Of course, I love it. And uh, I had, you know... It was your pole position. Yeah, I, you know, I guess my expectations were tempered perfectly going in and, you know, I was happy to have enough story to get it to where I wanted it and I yeah. got what I wanted and, uh, you know, of course, everything could be different, but uh, sure, just that in, in knowing that this guy came from, you know, $2,000 movies with his friends <laughs> and you're just yeah. in the back of your brain, you're watching it and you're like, fuck yeah, Adam, way to go, man. I, whatever you give me, I'm fucking supporting it. Cause you rock man!" Absolutely. So,
1: it's it. cool. Yeah. With this little universe of filmmakers that have made these movies, you know, uh, Michael Doherty, who's come from horror, you know, and, yep. um, trick or treat. And then we have, um, Jordan Voight Roberts who did, uh, Skull Island. He was like he, he did like one indie feature before this, and he and he's doing some great stuff now. And he's one of my favorites, and, that, and I still think uh, Skull Island is my favorite of this entire monster verse. I but, agree uh, too with that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: interesting yeah. to think about like all of these filmmakers, these upcoming filmmakers that are getting the biggest of of Hollywood productions right now, right? Like, well, yeah,
1: Marvel's doing that shit completely, you know, and. Maybe I mean, they set w- the
0: precedent for that.
1: I, I, you think about it, like maybe they're they can see you know the value in what these filmmakers can do for little, and the fact that you know you're getting the next big thing. Um, but it's it's cool. Like I mean, we watched uh, Zoe win uh, Best Picture and Director last night for Nomad Land, and she's doing the next yeah. uh, Marvel movie, so Eternals. Yeah. So that's really cool.
5: Mm-hmm. And I filmmakers- think it also. Sorry, oh, go, go ahead.
1: On. Oh, don't
5: want to. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say, I think it also speaks to, like, uh, Adam Wingard has said, like, they they do these big budget movies so they can do... They have the, you know, cachet to do the stuff that they want to do. And I think that sort of precedent being set is good for the up-and-comer indie folks. That, it's all of our dreams, you know, right? Right, oh, yeah. exactly. You see don't? the... <laughs> You see the commercial success that you get from these big things, and then you know, I, any a lot of indie filmmakers can handle the the sort of studio mandates of like you know. That's what I really respect about uh, Adam Wingard is like he just he puts in the work for these, and like Blair Witch is you know not necessarily probably a thing that he was super passionate about maybe maybe so i guess i don't know but uh um you know you 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 do the the things you have to do to do the things that you love to do and uh and he does all of them well you know so it's you get the talent uh when it's budding and then you know it's a mutually beneficial exchange
1: yeah, I, I, love, I love it because, you know, right before I think this was put out, right before it was released, it was announced mm-hmm. that, you know, him and Simon Barrett are doing um, Face-Off 2, and people were like, at first actually it was announced that he's remaking it, and he made it very clear, no, we're doing a sequel really? with Nick Cage and John Travolta, and people were like, why would you follow up Godzilla versus Kong with Face-Off 2? And he's like, because I always wanted to do it, and now I can because I did Godzilla versus Kong. Like, totally. yeah. this is something That's that I awesome. – well, Yeah. And and he actually Simon Barrett went to um, the Screenland Armor uh, theater in Kansas City a few years back and they let him show any movie he wanted to. And he showed face off. So it's like they're clearly (laughs) huge fans of that movie. They're they're about our age. So that was about that time, you know, when those I grew up with those 90s Nick cage action movies. So it's like I I just love that, you know, he can do anything he wants. He's like, I'm making a goddamn sequel to face off. And who's going to stop me? (laughs)
0: That's awesome. good for him. I love it. I love it. And I don't know, it's just an interesting time, and we can we we all bitch and moan here about Hollywood and the Hollywood mentality and 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 producers and the the studio heads and whatnot. Um, and some of the weirdo, dumb decisions that they made because of all this money that's being spent. It's because it's a business, right? So you know, uh, so a lot of times they take the safe route and it doesn't always pay off. but it's interesting that these risks are being made with some of these newer filmmakers, not only newer filmmakers, but even established filmmakers, but having them do movies, big budget Hollywood movies outside of their normal wheelhouse. Like a lot of times just we, you hear it, you've heard it over and over again through the decades on certain directors, like, you know, a director like George Romero or John Carpenter gets pigeonholed into horror movies and can't seem to be seen as anything else, but horror movie filmmakers. And, and you know, now we got like, you know, um Adam Adam Wingard who you know technically technically could almost could you think that maybe if this was like 20 years ago, he'd be in director jail and never get to make a movie again? Because you know, Tad, you brought up that your next was a box office flop. Um Blair Witch was a box office flop, Death Note was was a flop. And now, and then, right after that, he does God delivers his Kong. He's given all all the keys to the kingdom, basically, <laughs> and that's just just it's unprecedented. It's awesome. I love it. Very, very yeah. cool.
1: Well, I think about like you say, in John Carpenter, the thing ruined his career almost. You know, um, he yeah. finally got his huge studio movie, got all the the truck load of money to make what he truly wanted to, his artistic vision, without anybody stepping on his toes and it doesn't do well and he was back he lost his uh like four picture deal with universal it was back to making low budget indie movies for the rest of his career and that you know it, it's it's wild to think yeah like you're saying uh adam didn't have you know the best track record but i think that they recognized the talent behind him you know
0: i th- cuz i think like most of those movies that were box office flops are kind of like the thing you know they were flops at the time but they're you know considered sort of classics a cult following yeah know? and
1: and, and and to be honest they none of them were big budget either so you know true they, true that yeah he didn't he didn't even though they weren't considered like necessarily critical and and huge box office they they didn't necessarily lose a ton of money either so
0: this is true it's a great point
1: <sighs> and he did talk about when he was they were filming uh uh the guest, they uh, had a friend call them and tell them that they sat at the New Beverly, were watching um, You're Next, and Tarantino sat in front of their friends and like laughed his ass off the entire movie. So they were like, I don't care if this movie loses a million dollars, Tarantino laughed his ass off and had a blast watching it. So that's all we need.
0: Awesome. Very Cool. Okay, so those are the films of Adam Wingard, at least the the films that we're going to discuss tonight. But fear not, there's still more show to come. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be segments time on the show. Now, if you like this show, check out all the other shows on our podcast network called The PFPN. You can hear such shows as, oh, I don't know, some show called Lunch Break, or
2: there's that one called...
0: (laughs) <laughs> or there's that one called cracktastic plastic. Yay! I mean, boo. Yes! No, yay. And then there's the one about losing your virginity called first time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love that one. That's why you've never been a guest. <laughs> 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 That's not true. I was guest on the very first episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then eventually a new episode of my other show called Midnight Snacks. Well, we'll someday see. maybe, we'll see, I guess. Um, And many, many other great shows on the network. So if you go to thepfpn.com, you can check all of them out. And we'll be right back in time for segments.
6: You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal
0: And it's time for our first segment. Here's Jason with shoutouts.
3: It's time for shoutouts.
5: Shoutouts. Shoutouts.
2: Shoutouts. Shoutouts. Shout hey everybody! It's time for shoutouts. We asked what uh, what Adam Wingard movies do you love, and we had some responses on our Facebook group. Uh, we had Don and Nelly. He says, I guess the only films of his I've seen that I liked, You're Next and Godzilla vs. Kong. Other than those, I don't think I've seen anything else, as I missed Blair Witch, will not watch Death Note, hmm. as it's not a genre film. He's just so stubborn. And I can't stand either of the VHS efforts. Dawn,
0: How, is, how can Death Jeez. Note not have toes dipped in horror? I mean, it's about a demon, and you write right? in a journal and... A, People dying. dying right in a journal.
2: It's in there. It's adjacent. Yeah. For Nothing sure, more horrifying
0: think. than journaling.
2: And the, the <laughs> monster is awesome. He's a monster.
0: He's a demon. And he's he's cool looking, but I think he's kind of creepy looking.
2: Yeah. Come he's on, Journaling. John. Right. <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> All right. And then on our Facebook group or Facebook, we got Brian Clark. This Woo! homesick and Godzilla versus Kong. First and last.
0: Nice, nice. Book
2: ends. Yep. I'm so happy that Brian liked Godzilla vs. Kong. I just made my day. Peter Parker.
0: Spider-Man.
2: He says, Spider-Man. you're next.
0: <coughs> Woo! Yay!
2: Attacker Rod Hutchinson says, you're next is my favorite, but The Guest was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. My Bleeding Ears, also on the PFPN, says The Guest. Ted Good, also on the P. Pe- oh, uh, like, he loves this movie so much that he had to write in his own comment just so maybe we'd talk about it one more second. The guest. You, right, asked my
1: d- the sh- you asked what my favorite was. I'm going to say it.
0: All right. I get it. I should have put the guest on the list for tonight, on the guest
1: list.
2: Oh, Oh, and then lastly, we got Jacob McLaughlin. The guest is an October tradition at this point. (laughs) It's legitimately one of my favorite movies of the last decade, more than likely in the top 25. Godzilla vs. Kong is a blast as well as one of those as one of the most pure fun blockbusters of the last several years. Agreed, Jacob. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, We didn't have anything over on Twitter or Instagram, but uh, remember that you can always leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show. Get your voice on the show. It's just a phone call away. Not that anyone ever likes talking on the phone anymore, but hey, it's just the robot Jason answering the phone, I promise. And you can call us at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP, and that's shout outs.
0: Ever wonder what Christian Slater's been up to lately? All the time. He's fulfilling his community service with our newest segment, (laughs) Recasting with Christian Slater.
6: Salutations, and welcome to another shitstorm known as recasting with Christian Slater, where we recast actors into scenes of famous and not-so-famous films. Either way, you're going to need to brace yourself for the proverbial proverbial ear rape car crash that you're going to be subjected to. This week, we stray away from the horror genre, but you'll be horrified nonetheless as we tackle The Big Lebowski. Taking the title role of Jess Lebowski, or the dude as he likes to be called, and is series regular Don Nuts. How you doing tonight, Donnie? Oh, goddammit! What the fuck do you want now? <laughs> Looks like Don's ready to go. Playing the role of the dude's best friend and bowling teammate Walter Sobchak is Bullwinkle Moose. Glad to have you back, Winky glad to be back christian i must say i had such a wonderful time on the show particularly when i got to talk about all the pussy uh, moving on moving on <laughs> due to budget constraints and the fact that he lurks for free playing the role of the spanish woman pilar and the spanish man is gary Busey. chupa mira de mis pantalones muchachos <laughs> I should have known, you you, 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 wait, you can speak Spanish? See. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you don't want to know, <laughs> you know? Tell me. <laughs> of course, I studied with Mr. Peabody at the prestigious university of, I don't need your fucking credentials, egghead, just tell me what he knew, what he said. Well, roughly translated, he wants to he wants little boys to suck shit from his pants. <laughs> <laughs> See <laughs> I learned on tour in the Mexican bars with a burro named Chavito. Jesus fucking Christ, the donkey show? No bueno, no bueno! It was invasive at first, but I made good money. I'm going on a second tour soon. Hey, Moosey, you want to make a few extra bucks? Holy shit, let's just get on the the road before Animal Planet makes another fucking confession. Page 92, Residential Area. The dude and Walter are purling up in front of a dilapidated house sitting on a scrubby lot. Parked incongruously before the house is a brand new Corvette. Fuck me, man, the kid's already spent the money! Hardly, dude. A new vet. The, still, the kids still got, oh, 960 to 970,000, depending on options. Wait in the car, Donnie. The front door. Walter rings the bell. It is opened by a ma- matronly Spanish woman. Yes. Hello, Pilar. My name is Walter Zobacek. We spoke on the phone. This is my associate, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lebowski. Yes may we uh we wanted to talk about little larry may we come in yes they enter the room the dim living room and stand looking about as palira calls up the stairs larry sweetie that man is here there is a rhythmic compressor sound. Walter pla- <laughs> Walter places it and nudges the dude. At the other end of the living room is a man the lights on something that looks like a hospital gurney enclosed on a steel bubble. It is an iron lung breathing artificially with distinct hisses in and out. That's him, dude. And a good day to you, sir. Sit down, please. Thank you, ma'am. He and the dude sit on a sagging green sofa. Does he, uh, is he still writing? No, no, he has health problems. Uh Uh-huh. He bellows across the room. I just want to say, Stir, that we're both enormous on a personal level. Branded, especially the early episodes, has been a source of inspir... There are footsteps on the stairs. Larry, a 15-year-old, looks at the two men. Sit down, sweetie. These are the policemen. No, ma'am. I didn't mean to give the impression that we were police exactly. We're hoping that it will not be necessary to call the police. In turning to Larry, he adopts his command voice. But it is up to little Larry here, isn't it, Larry? Walter uh, pops the lamps on his attache case and takes out the homework, which is in the Ziploc bags. He shows it to little Larry. Is this your homework, Larry? Later, Larry does not respond. Is this your homework, Larry? Look, man, did you? Dude, please. Is this your homework, Larry? Just ask him if if about the car, man. Walter is still holding out the homework. Is this yours, Larry? Is this your homework, Larry? Is the car out front yours? Is this your homework, Larry? We know it's your fucking homework, Walter. Where's the fucking money, you little brat? Look, Larry. Have you ever heard of Vietnam? Oh, for Christ's sake, Walter! You're entering a world of pain, son. We know this is that you. We know this is your homework. We know you sold the car and the fucking money and the fucking money and we know this is your homework larry no answer you're killing your father larry finally in disgust oh oh this is pointless they are gonna cut your dick off larry as he shoves the homework back in the attache shapes all right plan b you may want to watch out the front window there larry he is heading for the door the dude puzzles rises to follow this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. <laughs> Outside. Walter is striding down the lawn with his attache like an enraged encyclopedia salesman. <laughs> Fucking language problem. He pops the dude's trunk, flings in the briefcase, and takes out a tire. Iron. Maybe he'll understand this. He is walking to the Corvette. The Corvette. You see what happens, Larry? Crash. He swings the crowbar into the windshield, which shatters. You see what happens? Crash. He, sh- he takes out the driver's window. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> Lights are going on in the houses down the street. Distant dogs bark. Here's what happens, Larry. Crash. Here's what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass! Crash. If I may interject. Jesus, Gary, what now? I have been the fuck or and the fuck e in this situation, and I can tell you with the utmost certainty this is not what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Will you shut up? Yo, de puta. He just called you a mother. Never mind. Crash. Mm. He re- <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, man? He wrestles the crowbar away from a stalter Walter. I just bought that car fucking last week. Walter cringes before the enraged Mexican. Huh? The man looks about wildly. I'll kill you, man. I'll fucking kill your car. He runs over to the dude's car. No, no, that's not crash, crash. I fucking kill your fucking car. Crash. I'll fucking kill your car. I'll fucking kill your car. The dude's car. We are looking through a broken windshield as the car rattles down the freeway. Wind whistles through its caved-in windows. The dude drives, his jaw clenched, staring grimly out at the road. Walter beside him, Donnie in the back seat. Munching on In N Out Burgers. Thanks again for enduring another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. Talk to you real soon, because sometimes you eat the bar, and well, sometimes the bar eats you.
0: time once again for Insane's Picks and another inductee into Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. We are inducting an actor and a stuntman uh, into the Insane's Picks Hall of Fame for this episode. We are inducting the recently passed Felix Silla, best known in, for his role as Cousin It in the original Adams Family TV series. Felix Silla was born January 11th, 1937 in Rome, Italy. At a young age, he trained as a circus performer and came to the United States in 1955. He began touring with Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus. His various talents included bareback rider, trapeze artist, and tumbler. Eventually, this led him into the film industry, impairing his first film in 1963, A Ticklish Affair. Felix had a long career in film and television throughout the years at all levels, so I will only highlight those that are within Insane's Picks type of films. First off, I would be remiss if I did not mention Felix's most popular role as Cousin It on the original Adams Family TV series. A character that was created for the show and not from the original cartoon that it, that it spawned from. But Cousin It was so popular that he was a character that continued in various cartoon series throughout the years, different movies, etc. Uh, and as, and as the story goes, when he went to audition for cousin it, uh, he knew he was auditioning for a part for this new series, but did not, was had no idea of the cousin it character. He walked into the office, uh, uh to audition and the producers right away. It was like that that's him. That's the guy. And it wasn't until the first day of shooting as cousin it, that he knew he even knew what the character was that he was playing. Uh, as far as films within the insane's picks, Uh, Pantheon goes. Felix's claim to fame is the 1967 B-movie She Freak where he played Shorty. Uh, She Freak is one of my favorites of the Carney-sploitation films. Uh, It's produced by David Friedman, who produced all the early works of Herschel Gordon Lewis, uh, and it was directed by Byron Mabe. It's a story about a waitress who runs away from her crappy job at a greasy diner and joins up with a carnival. She takes advantage of the carnival for her own personal gain and the freaks and human oddities get their revenge. David Freeman was a huge fan of carnivals and of the original movie freaks and wanted to do a remake and thus became she, she freak. Other classics that Felix was in includes Little Cigars in 1973, which is a movie about a gangster's former mistress who hooks up with a troop of circus midgets who, as a sideline, rob banks and casinos. Also in 1963, he, appear, he appeared in the movie Sss, where he played Sam the <laughs> Seal Boy. Yes, that's the actual title. Sss. Uh, and then one of my favorites, he played Meathead the Alien from the 1984 film Meatballs 2. Felix was also a well-established stuntman, performing stunts in such films as Battle for the Planet of the Apes, The Towering Inferno, E.T., Poltergeist, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Howard the Duck, Monster Squad, Phantasm 2*, and even Batman Returns. Uh, between movies, he fre- frequently appeared in Las Vegas and Reno uh, at nightclubs, with his musical combo the original harmonic band now felix silva just uh, silla sorry just recently passed away on april 16th 2021 at the age of 84 he had a full life and a long spanning career granted he didn't just stick to films that fall into the category of insane picks uh, but he was a man uh, he was a man that did all kinds of projects from big budgets all the way down to no budgets. And he took all of his work very seriously and gave a hundred percent. It didn't matter if it was return of the Jedi or she freak now with his past passing, um, his work cannot be ignored. So for this here at insane's picks, um, with his finer uh, with his finer works that fit into our category of movies like She-Freak and even Manitou uh, we induct Felix Silla as our newest inductee into Insane Picks Hall of Fame Yeah yeah woo, woo. Woo. it's so hard to put s in a sentence I know and mean it like a- I know It's <laughs> to spell it out it's capital uh. S SSS exclamation point yes. I'll give you guess what it's about Guess it's about snakes ah. Okay So that's our show folks Let's give a big hand to our very special Yay. guests Landon and Joey uh, Hey yeah. Thank you guys uh, yep, for having yep, us
1: yep, 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 Hey what Joey
4: what?
5: I'm going to speak for both of us when I say thank you uh, Okay don't speak for me But okay thank you Okay go ahead you say your piece
2: Okay, thank you.
5: Oh, God, you should have said it
4: for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm listening to recasting, and I'm realizing we're doing this segment. It's just our chance to have a little lunch break uh, on our show. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, just it's pretty much like lunch break. <laughs> I love it. That's too bad. You guys are shocked. Hey! <laughs>
0: uh, well, now, where can people find out more about you two? Um, um, you we'll can check to-
5: Joshua Tree is pretty good. <laughs> I knew it! Um, damn it! I knew it was going to happen! <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
5: uh, come on. Um... <laughs> Tell them, Joey. Tell them what they've won. Yeah.
4: Well, go to your go to the, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network website. You could find our little web <laughs> our little website on their little website, and your head will be spinning around. Um, just just type in the "lunch break, not good, not bad productions" on um, Instagram, Facebook. Of course, check out uh, Colin Mockery on YouTube, and I'm sure that will lead you to lunch break somehow. But yeah. Check it out. We've got guests. Like we said, we just had Insane Mike and Jason on for our 100th main episode. Um, yeah. Look, I don't know. Lunch just, break just, the movie
2: just, coming soon.
4: Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. If you thought Godzilla versus King
5: <laughs> Kong was about a podcaster who dismantles the whole <laughs> fricking facade, just wait until you see, see Joey and Here I decide us, yeah, which yeah, do Gilbert to Godfrey wear.
4: Accents for, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
6: That's not what I'm saying. It's I'm saying. over there.
4: <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs>
0: oh. All right. Well, it was thanks. awesome having you guys on. Thanks yeah, for thanks. joining It us was here. awesome to be here. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay. And remember, kids, you too can grow up to be Adam Wingard. How? It's simple. You go to the courthouse and have your name changed. Thanks for listening and talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh, no. Could this be the end of... Attack of
5: the killer, podcast. Attack of the killer, podcast. Attack of the killer, podcast. Attack of the killer.